Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank, with your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Today on All About Affordable NFTs, what the M&A? We dive into why there aren't more mergers happening in the NFT game. So we'll have some fun with that, but first... uh, Andrew, you were you were on another podcast. Are you cheating on our podcast? You were on another podcast. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I was on another podcast this week. Hasn't come out quite yet as recording this, but yeah, coming out soon. And uh, it's on Can the you, it's called the Mint Podcast with uh, <laughs> Adam Levy. So I hadn't heard of it before. Subscribe to it. So I got some great guests on there, and he also will have me. Um, you know, hopefully, I'll uh... <laughs> also a great guest. <laughs> You know, I hope to to be a pretty good guest, but you know, I uh, he's got a good show. I recommend just checking it out. Other uh, anyway, he's uh, put together. I think he's on season six now, um, so he's he's doing a good job there. Was excited to talk some NFT analytics and uh, some of how creators can use uh, blockchain data to to better understand their audiences. Awesome. All right, um, and as I always ask, anything anything new in your in your wallet, what's going on in your wallet? Yeah, well, I had a a, a bid, a WEF bid hit on uh, the Coldy um, decentralized piece. I actually, it, I oh, sold it a while back. ago. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it was actually, a, it worked out quite well. I was able to sell um, before uh, people were trying to collect them to, to uh, enter a, you had to have five of them to, to upgrade them. So sold some then, was able to get one back at 0.3 on a bid. Um, so happy to have one of those back, you know. Oh, you got it at point three. Yeah. So it was the, the floor was sitting around point seven, I believe. So I put a bid out for point three. Had seen some uh, go through at point four. So I, you know, I don't know. I'm glad that glad someone did accept that. I I wouldn't recommend doing that if you do have one of those. Uh, definitely wow. could have gotten more out of that if uh, from from somebody else, somebody else. But glad I and I was lucky enough to pick it up. Yeah, I'd love to get back into the centralized. I also sold, but I would, it's, a, it's a project that I love Goldie and I think what he's doing is super cool. Um, I don't know. My activity has been dominated by uh, surprise, surprise horses. So a little bit of like bridge into the news here. Zed has officially released both the lending and the borrowing. You need both, by the way, Zed. Yeah, I, you know, you mentioned that in our Discord that... Uh, that borrowing was enabled. And I think from your perspective, it's much more lending is enabled when you are the, uh, the stable owner of a hundred plus digital <laughs> horses. You, you don't need to borrow more, do you? I'm good. I'm good on the borrowed side. Um, yeah, I mean, the, um, the side of it is awesome because you can now go on to Zed and for $0 and zero wallet, social connected wallet that essentially generates something for you on the back end that's managed borrow or worse put it in a race for free hypothetically qualify for a tournament 
and make money, of which 50% goes to you and 50% goes to the course owner. So, like, it's how do the entry fees work on those? There's no entry fee. There's no entry fee. They sponsor these because they have enough money from the marketplace, from the engine that's running, to put up 14 grand a day in tournaments. Now, your chances of winning this thing, pretty thin, but there's like decent payouts along the way. So I think this might be the start of looking at, and it's taken Zed, they've been talking about it for about a year, I'd say. Um, And they have slowly, slowly gotten there, but this might be, look, I'll say this. The play, the play to earn and play and earn communities are watching this very closely. It's an interesting model. And again, you have to put up Z token to as a as an owner, you have to put up Z token to get those uh, lending passes, right? So I I threw out I put out 50 horses. So I had to put up that requisite amount of staked Z coin to do that. And that's parked. And that is interesting. So I um, you know, the amount of times I have been optimistically fooled by Zed is is all. So take that with a grain of salt. But here's what I'd say. Uh, if you're new to it and curious, like click onto the site and just try to borrow a horse and see what it's about. And you don't have to pay a single dollar um, to, to do that now. So there you go. Borrow one of mine, by the way. Borrow a good one. All right. So I assume you, if someone does win, do you get some of the, do you get a cut of the winnings as well? Yeah. So it's a 50-50 chop. All right. So you get half of whatever you win. Now, that also includes if you're dropping in on paid races, which that there's an asterisk there. Like, I don't recommend that. You're hurting your, I mean, yes and no. Maybe we'll get a little over free a uh, guild going up in the discord. We'll, 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 we'll get something going. All right. <laughs> get the guild going. Yeah. <laughs> Come on in. I'll port you toward the good ones. All right. Well, what else we got in the news? We've got Ticketmaster. They're partnering with the Flow blockchain, best known for powering NBA Top Shot, to uh, to use NFT tickets or to, to enable NFT tickets. This is big, I think. You know, tickets, we've talked about in the past, so it's great for sporting events. They're collectible anyway. This is, you know, everybody knows what Ticketmaster is. This is bringing NFTs much more to uh, to the public, uh, to the public where they can use it and uh, and see a use case immediately. Yep. And you take your ticket stubs, it seems, and then you use that to mint your your NFT. So it's it's like a po-op, but it seems like if you have that ticket stub, you can then use it. Very cool. Uh, so we've got another uh, stat, another survey here about the use of uh, NFTs. And across America, we see that about 2% of Americans have purchased an NFT. And, you know, things like the the item we just talked about, like Ticketmaster, will definitely start changing that. This is getting into sort of where we are in the adoption curve. And I think a lot can be looked and learned at the sort of the adoption of technology where you have the early adopters and then you have the like the chasm of sorrow and then you have the main adopters. So it's not a like elegant little lineup. It traditionally has this little burst of like if you're picturing a little type of parabola that goes up and down around that and then down for adoption and then back up when mainstream gets it. And you can follow this for pretty much every single technology trend, uh, including to, and I'm going to say not limited to, NFT, something like Ticketmaster rolling this out and saying like, oh, hey, here's your collectible. By the way, the rising generation prizes a digital asset potentially higher than an IRL asset so that they can, guess what? Pop on Instagram and show off the fact that they went to that Taylor Swift concert. 
like that is the flex, right? Like you have the picture of you there, whatnot, like, sure, it's a crowd and whatnot, but like having that floating in your sort of specialized ticket wallet is absolutely there. There's always real. stories that about how real. many, how the, uh, the, the number of attendance always grows for legendary sporting events after, after the fact, you know, you've got <laughs> hundred thousand people claiming to be in a stadium that only sat about 30,000 and yeah, the blockchain can, uh, could prove if you really, if you really were there. And that is, it's a cool thing to be able to say. And, you know, there, there are markets already for these types of things, you know, but you don't really get to show off that you have it unless you're selling it. NFTs is a lot, way to show it off digitally at any point. Like there's one, social proof, right? Boom, social proof. Two, the marketing opportunities. The marketing opportunities that this opens up are amazing. Think about the last ticket you had. Now, I've, I know like maybe I'm a bit dated, but I know in the back of some of these tickets, sometimes you got the like, I remember these like, oh, 20% off Six Flags, 13% off your next Starbucks. They have like actual tie-ins sometimes to discounts. Oh, this guy's showing me Giants ticket. Any, any I'm looking at a ticket. There's nothing on it. You know, you, I heard you actually have to specially request paper tickets <laughs> now anyway. But, they otherwise just do digital tickets. But even with the Giants, right? There's like, uh, with, maybe it was um, with the Warriors, but like Taco Bell says like, oh, if they score more than X, like you get like all of that can be done with these POAPs. Think about that. And by the way, you hypothetically don't even need the permission of the team to run that campaign because all you need to do is say, if you have a wallet that's holding the Giants ticket from the series with such and such, you get a free taco online. You get a free, like, this is opening the door to so much direct-to-consumer upside that I... uh uh, we could dedicate many, many podcasts around this. And I think Gary V actually, to his credit, is like, he'll rant on this long and hard because he's like, this is where I live and this is what I know is coming. And it opens up a lot of these marketing opportunities. And when I say that, it's it's also coming from this point of view that it's going to unlock a lot of cost per acquisition dollars that currently are pissed away into the land of Facebook advertising, Google advertising, and other online get your attention things. And instead could go right to the upside for the consumer. So this is an exciting first step. Yeah, absolutely. Funny how we came back to the, uh, the tickets again there. I was uh, way I saw, it was like, I have a, I have a thread. <laughs> All right. So we've got a, get this new licensing framework out from A16Z that is trying to standardize collector's rights for NFT projects. I have not had a chance to, to read in detail what the, uh, the, the, the actual license here, find it interesting. I think it's a good thing to have some sort of standard. I also believe that a lot of people will probably use this without ever reading it, assuming that if they use this, they're all set and maybe not understand what it all says. And, you know, the other part is we've talked about how a lot of these what if she's really haven't been tested quite yet? And while there may be a, a good framework, I think that we're going to have some of these issues tested before we really know uh, where the law stands on on these issues. I like the the branding of this. <laughs> what they're talking about uh, licensing initially as part of a free and public set, and they quote, "Can't be evil, can't be evil licenses." Right, right, yeah. <laughs> a little uh, little shot at Google, I think. There, right. <laughs> 
a little a little borrow. Uh, don't be evil versus can't be evil are, are different things. I'm, you know, like, I think that's that block stack. Uh, they they used that block stack, which became stacks uh, blockchain uh, blockchain. I don't know side chain from from Bitcoin, sort of. To me, uh, uh, they used that that uh, term a ways back as well. So you know, I think it's something that people have tried to lock into on in in crypto code. We'll see. You know, we're finding it's there are many uh, choke points for for many of the services that we use anyway. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that can be put into code, and I think that's the the can't. The word there is saying it is hopefully put into code in such a way that you know these things are are set. But also, like we're we're talking about code that hasn't even encapsulated the fact that the artist is guaranteed to royalty. That is simply at the whim of the marketplace. It is not in code. So uh, I'm curious how they evolve this. All right. So we've talked a bit about Solana. Um, this D-Gods project has been one of the top project on there and it has been surging big time recently. It surged ahead of some well-known uh, Ethereum-based projects, Doodles, uh, I think it just has a 70th force. So these are, are getting up there. They have a new project coming out. Uh, Ute list has been going around. The the list has the opportunity to get on the list has closed. Uh, I think the minting's coming up uh, pretty shortly here. It's early September, it might be September eighth that that is coming up. But impressive to see that they do have this collection that is that is surging. You know, we've we've talked about how maybe Solana isn't one to be ignored, and you know, definitely seeming more more uh, more and more. Uh, likely to to weather the storm each day uh, that I, you know, I see things like this. I don't know. The faster it's up, the faster it's down. But it's impressive that it's achieved the eighteen thousand dollar floor. I would say in Seoul, but the price changes so incredibly fast that it's almost pointless. And you know, getting shoutouts by Magic Eden. Eden certainly is uh, is helping. Yeah, the project's yeah. been around for a bit. I think it's. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of just the leading project there. I think, you know, it, it might yeah. be a bit of a board ape um, project. It might not be one that I would have gotten into anyway if I was on Solana. But, you know, that's the Solana NFT marketplace hasn't really captured my attention much. And um, the, the Utlist thing I, I actually looked at, um, maybe should have gone through with that one as a, you know, the, I'm sure those will will do well after the, uh, the mint um, based on the demand for that whitelist. But... You know, I, I think in general, we see that there are things growing. There's different parts of the ecosystem that are still surging while, you know, while there are a lot of headlines about things that ha about the lack of volume, um, there are things like this going on. And honestly, the Utes, Y00TS, I believe, dot com, Utes, I, they are almost unabashedly bored apes. They're just apes with fur that they, like, Continuing in the long string of copy, control C, control V, but on Solana. It, it, you will not, I don't know, you don't become in a sailing race. Let me give you a different metaphor. Like when I see this, in a sailing race, and you are behind another boat. If you do exactly what that boat does, you will not pass them. You must do something different. You can't overtake them because the boat ahead simply looks back and says, oh, I see that you are attacking, leaning, and doing these things with your jib and i will do the same thing you don't pass and become the next winner by copying and pasting the person in front of you you have to have something that's just 
I mean, I guess if it's not busy, maybe there's probably something going on. on. If people are still into yeah. this, I'm not going to judge it based on the the look of their second project. Um, Fair, but you know, I think there's probably something more going on. Uh, you know, maybe it, it definitely could just fall apart. Uh, and I'm not saying to go by there, but um, well, they're doing IRL things here. Here, like you know, if you get into it, like they just acquired a big three league <laughs> team. So they acquired a... Uh, yeah, I saw that they had done that. Um, you know, a tier basketball team. So like, I like doing stuff in the real world. That's, you know, fun. It's good when you can use your internet money to do IRL things. I think that shows uh, a bit more than just like sort of continual drop just because. But yeah, different stuff, hopefully. But what? All right. Well, why don't we move on to our to our affordable project. We've got one this week that is the, let's see, Faniliar. Faniliar? Faniliar? I wanted you to say it first. I'm, I'm going to go Faniliar. Um, so this is F-I-N-I-L-I-A-R. These are, it's a 10K project, 10,000 pieces. These are little animated characters that respond to the price of different cryptocurrencies. They Meaning they get happy when the price is going up, not so happy when price is going down. So there's been, they've been, uh, you know, pretty emotional up and down recently. I think, you know, it's been, 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 a, been a lot of activity, I guess, in, in the theory or in just crypto prices. So these will actually allow you to track different prices with the, uh, and different crypto prices with the pieces. You'd see you've got Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, Sol, AVAX, Dogematic, Link. Uniswap and XTZ from Tezos. So all sorts of different ones in here. We've got a floor of 0.14 right now. Uh, we've got, let's see. So it's a relatively small ownership group, I'd say. At just 1.9 thousand. Yeah. 10,000 pieces. So we've got over five per person right now. So that is something to watch. Um, you know, I, I haven't, do not have one of these. I see, let's see, I see offers right now. Uh, global offers on the collection on OpenSea anyway for, for 0.14 while the uh the floor is actually at 0.144 so pretty tight right there might be hard to can you take a step back and explain how oracles work right because they're figuring this in a different way i would have thought it was just tied to to price but they're actually using an oracle what does that mean well they are tied to price so oracles just publish a price on chain so they're they're tied to these and they're reacting live they aren't um they aren't static images. They don't need you to refresh the, the metadata or anything. They will, they will respond. I don't know exactly how quickly, but um, let's see. Does it say that? But they will actually respond to to live prices. So it seems like you can select them by like. Are they responding like every two hours? Like like there's a frequency in here of like hourly, twice daily, daily, weekly, monthly. Okay. Um, so yeah, I haven't looked into it in a whole lot of detail. It's just a, uh, someone else mentioned this to me. So I looked into it a little bit, thought they were kind of silly at first and then kept looking at them and, you know, think it might be, might be interesting. You know, they got something interesting going on here. They are, I guess what I would call semi dots. They've got, uh, Jake Allen as the, the dev. He's a you know, web, I don't know, a, a, he's been around some, some different web three projects um that i've seen and then uh absolutely Sarah spike is one that i've seen around a bit more uh he's a co-founder of the jpeg project project which is one uh that's uh, trying to let's see do some 
uh, curation on top of uh, not necessarily a marketplace, but just curation from different marketplaces. It's, um, yeah, a project I'm definitely very interested in. They haven't actually launched publicly yet, um, but they do have, so I would say semi-docs, there are, they have people that have been around the space. Um, let's see, what else do we have here? It looks like the different types that we have. Um, I, I think the, the biggest, um, uh, the biggest price differentiator seems to be the, the family, the 10 different families, uh, that I mentioned before being I actually think finance. The, I think the frequency actually is higher sensitivity. The monthly seems to be the most rare. So the frequency of update. The oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Like one ease. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. but there's, but there's only, um, in terms of like the family, that's where you're going to find the coin. So like the Ethereum floor, for instance, is 0.35. So like more than 2x the floor floor price. So different coins, different different values. As far as I know, it's, there's no actual value to holding the Ethereum, any more value to holding the Ethereum one than say a Dogecoin. It's, it's straight really coin loyalty. It's straight yeah. to like coin cold loyalty. Curious what Dogecoin is at. I know I'm going right. I'm going to have to go get one of those. I think I'm going to need a Doge. Yeah, full disclosure, I'll probably own this shortly. I'll let you know in the Discord. These are uh, appropriately silly. Um, why would the yeah, original art here, too? I, I do like, you know, yes, I mean, it's not like my, my favorite thing, but I, I, I am impressed by it. I, um, I like the little animations that they've got. I think that it's great to see them all happy right now. I might not be as happy looking at them sad or angry or whatever. Maybe I'll wait till they get sad to make my, uh, to make my moves. Yeah, right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, decent activity though. I think we're just kicking off. So they just dropped, right? Um, not too long ago in in August. Let's see. Yeah, they minted the majority like fourteen of days ago as we're speaking. So August eighteenth. Yes. So right yeah. now we're you know and it kicked off. It was doing like six hundred, seven hundred sales a day. Then dropped to in the you know hundreds. Now below a hundred. You know I'm gonna wait. I think I know how this story plays out. It'll soften. It'll soften. I think so. Yeah, it might be might be a good good one to watch. By the time this comes out, it also may have dipped a bit. So we'll we'll be uh, talking in the Discord if we do pick these up. Cool. Thanks for bringing that to us. This is a, uh, I, I you know what I like, a new integration, obviously functionality because I need an emoji. I need a little three D character to tell me how sad it should be about the price. Should give a shout out to Xerox Houston and Artblocks for actually bringing that to me. It wasn't wasn't completely my research that found that one. I don't do any original research. I steal from anybody smarter than me, which is pretty much everybody I find on the NFT world. All right, our theme: what the M and A mergers and acquisitions. So this was inspired really when we were looking at that breakdown of companies that have entered into the NFT space. And the leader far and away in terms of volume in the millions of dollars was Nike. And the differentiator there was the fact that they acquired Artifact. So the question is, why aren't there more murders happening? Go. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping you had the answer to this one. You know, I mean, I think there's a few factors. I think one is that a lot of companies don't quite understand that that might be the the better strategy to take you know this we saw this report from that came out just recently from a great dune dashboard and i forget who created that now but we talked about it the other day and mentioned that on an earlier podcast but showed that how much nike had brought in but you know there were 20 other companies on that list that brought in over 10 million dollars you know it's it's serious money and i think 
that going around um, may start bringing some more attention to this. We've definitely seen a lot of companies try to come in and do it without um, without really understanding the space much and not not do it so well. We have seen some companies that have try you know that have launched their own projects and have done it well. I you know I, I think there are it's a smaller number, but you know you see Tiffany's getting in and they they got in with punks, but they didn't necessarily have to buy any project to get in. Still went more native with that, um, and that's one that actually Artifact used before they were acquired. They made their shoes available available for punk holders. So you know Tiffany's was following that model um, rather than trying to acquire a different company. Now, what are you seeing? Like, what do you th- look at? What do you what are you guessing are the reasons that these aren't happening yet? I think I think it comes down to this. The difference between a marketing strategy and a business strategy. A marketing strategy is how do I spend dollars to get underpriced attention upside of brand relevance for a new audience? Marketing dollars are not changing a business strategy necessarily. A business strategy is acquiring a business, which now goes on to your payroll, which now goes on to your legal obligations, which is now part of we do these four things at company X. And one of those is NFTs. I think that is a bigger shift than people are ready to make. Now, here's where I think it's going. When the good old internet came along and people were like, oh, we need a website. You know, they would have, you know, consider it maybe as marketing as opposed to core to mission strategy. And that's where they got into building their own tech teams, their own dev teams to to manage that. This is a whole field that didn't exist 30 years ago. And if we're talking about Web3 as a new technology requiring different set of skills, it suddenly looks different if you're realizing that you need a Web3 team. Now you can go out and try to hire that in this market, which is, wow, um, pretty impressively hard. Now that'll change over time. Or you can you can acquire that. So I think we, we still have a little ways to go before it is a sort of no-brainer to be like, oh, we get these projects, but also we get this team, Aqua hires. So when I'm now looking at it, like that's, I guess, how I see it. Marketing dollars, marketing strategy versus business strategy. Yeah, I think the two actually play together in that it just takes some of these businesses a lot longer to respond <laughs> to what's going on than than what it takes somebody to just launch a new project when, you know, you're already native in the space. And that's why we've seen so many projects spin up that aren't tied to other companies yet. You know, it's, it's pretty easy to do that, um, as we've seen, and doesn't take a lot of checking with legal, checking with all your different departments, making sure you have the resources. And, you know, I think that we are going to start seeing some changes. You know, you've, You've mentioned that you think that uh, Mooncats is a is a good potential project for uh, an acquisition. I think they've even floated the it floated out some news that they were looking for an acquirer at one point. Uh, that was quite a while back. Quite a while back, and we haven't heard much about that yet. And that's Ponderware. Pon- Ponder Ponderware. Yeah, Ponderware is the team behind that one. And you know, and they, they kind of like teams. they went. They they were OG, and then they went away, and then they came back. Right. So you know. <laughs> It's, it definitely seems possible and yet it's not happening. Um, you know, this was somewhat, I think so the rumors were going around somewhat around the time that Yuga was acquiring, um, both the Mebits and Punks 
project. Um, there were some, some rumors that Moonbirds might get acquired by somebody else and it hasn't happened yet. I think, you know, we are both still holders of that one. So it's one that we, it, it's something that we think might still happen, you know, and I could see, could see the team folding it up again at the same time, you know, what, oh, easily, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if we've done it, you would have yourself to blame because they're like, not like we haven't done it in the past. Right. Right. And, you know, they, you know, they have a lot of folders and, you know, I'm not sure it's definitely not a very active community. So, you know, somebody that came in would need to do something, something to, to invigorate that community in some way. Um, you know, and I think that's going to take a better understanding of what their, uh, an understanding of their role in the NFT space overall, because when you look at what's going on right now, they don't really pop out as being that meaningful. They don't. I mean, there's lore there. There's a lot of history there, but there's a like, it's an extra upside, I'd say, um, at a bigger like question of who might make a good acquisition target. And it's, it's elements that I'm trying to think about like, okay, does the team have a plan? Does the team have an asset that has a brand or do they have a brand known in uh, and among collectors that is like at least semi-respectable? And is there an economic engine keeping that team alive long enough to make them uh, an attractive target? Uh, for for acquisition uh you know I, I picked up on mooncast because i you know there it was floated already out there but it's it's an old project it's got interesting lore and stories around it but i think just because it's old and now this is me one year later being like just because it's old does not mean that it's going to take off again or that it has any uh providence in our current current landscape or value just because yeah, absolutely. It's old doesn't mean it's valuable we have definitely learned that, um, and you know, we see mooncats. They're around. They're not. They're not doing. They might go below point three. They don't go below point three. So you're calling it. You're calling them a stable at point three. Okay. Here's what I will say: the bottom will be officially in for NFTs when Ponderware quits. Like there we go. That'll be. <laughs> that will be a good signal, actually. <laughs> Ponderware has given up. All right, now it's time. Yeah. So when they do get acquired, what are you saying? It's all uh, uh, sell sell the news. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think there are a lot of questions about what makes a good merger acquisition target right now. And uh, you know, we I think you've got to look at some of the smaller communities that stay active. Look at the the wallets that are even active in smaller communities, and try you know if you if I were trying to look at one that target you know try uh, try to find a good project to target. Be looking at the wallets that are active, things that are underpriced relative to activity, um, wallet activity. If it's a lot of holders that are still in the space, still doing a lot, and they're not selling, and you know they still have those, but there's not much going on. I mean, that that looks like one that there's probably some potential. And you know, you could to death, uh, you could definitely argue that Mooncats fits into that because there are a lot of older holders of Mooncats, people that have them from years ago and still have, still are in the space, not leaving it just because of, of a downturn now. And, you know, this downturn is still much better than, uh, than some of the, the, the good times in the past. So, um, you know, I think there is some, some Lindy effect there. Yeah. I mean, we're friends, we're friends and fans of the Lindy effect. And I think that is, again, if you have a team that has been able to survive and work together for a long time, you know, the, the mergers a are occurring when the price is disproportionately related to the value, right? That it provides, like the price to earnings 
ratio or the extra upside that a company could get from it. And that's why I come back to like aqua hire because right now there's just not enough volume. There's truly not enough volume to make back. You can't do what Nike did because they just, they jumped in at a point of frenzy in the market where they were able to catch that wave. And that's just not that right now. So what you're also looking at is, you know, again, not a docs, a docs team, right? That you know who they are and that they're staying together and that get them to continue to work on the project, but give them the, you know, the upside to get your brand attention. And that's what you can monetize or leverage for looking cooler than maybe you are or looking to integrate po-ops, right? Like there's so much as we just talked about with like Ticketmaster and these pieces of like, how do you, if you have a, a point of sale company, like, and getting customers onto your e-commerce or other, other plays, like this is going to be something that needs to be built into so many different marketing campaigns that it could be fun to go with a project that exists rather than trying to, to launch your, launch your own. You know, like I, I look at the amount of bad Budweiser NFTs that are now floating around out there. And you're like, oh God, little trash, trash beer tub in my NFT wallet. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's a good point in saying that there's a lot of projects that are dead and aren't coming back, but there are a lot of acquisition possibilities. Um, These assets don't go away. We know that. And, you know, that's, I mean, I think it it will present some, some challenges for companies in the future. Once, you know, we see, Hey, you've got history here and it's not great. So you can't just move on and and have us forget these, these past failures, or at least, you know, I hope that we can can point these things out. Um, the market usually helps decide uh, what happens with the new project anyway. Um, but I, th- I think there's also just a a change in how how companies are looking at this. And, and you know, if you're looking at it from, you know, we've got to go make money right away versus, you know, I think there's a lot of brand, brand loyalty. These are the people that are some of your biggest fans that are willing to hold these digital assets. And then even understanding them better, having a you know, being able to reward them, reach out, you know, having communities for them. I think that those are things that companies aren't quite valuing properly yet. You know, you, you mentioned that the royalties are definitely aren't there to, to make the, no. make the money work, you know, make it work on a, on a financial, uh, balance sheet immediately. That, that's true. It's not going to happen right away. I think you've got to look at this as a long-term mass, long-term change. And I think they will start occurring, um, once. Once the mindset shifts with some of the bigger companies entering the space, yeah. So, you know, in summary, the alpha is essentially when you're when you're looking at a project and looking to hold a project that is not art with a capital A, but rather a co-op or about a community. Uh, it is a different lens to be like, who would acquire this? Why would they acquire it? And um, you know, can could the team survive long enough for this inflection point where companies? you know, take the multi-million dollar marketing budgets they have. Like one Super Bowl commercial buys you an NFT company. Oh, interesting. What does that allow you to do that? It's a good way of thinking about it. I think that's that's what all we've got on this one. Um, Well, I don't think I'm ready to go find a company to to acquire quite yet. But, you know, if you've got a good idea of what 3A should go and get, let us know. Our budget is, uh, we'll talk privately, but it's one... yeah, one whore, one pony, one Genesis. Depends pony. with the. I got a pony. I got a pony. Familiar, familiar tells me in a little bit if he's real happy. It's gone up. Yeah, yeah. I need I need a couple of these familiars to go 
and get pretty pretty happy. Um, specifically the ETH one. That one, he shouldn't be as happy as he is. I'm going to go ahead and say that. Something's broken in this algorithm. All right, I'll see you out there. This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.